humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thank you for listening to Hey Human Podcast. On this episode, I have a conversation with Diane, not her real name, and she and I talk about when she lost her husband in March of 2015. Um, He was murdered, and she was a witness to that murder. She was on the phone with him when it happened, and... Um, yeah, I mean, the year that followed and the year that followed that, it's been a journey for her. And she talks about grief and getting past the grief and her husband's legacy and what it all means and how it feels to get through the world. And, you know, she's got a great outlook and she has a lot of hope and there's a lot of beauty to what we talk about, um, so again, uh, Diane, we, we called her husband Jack for the purposes of this conversation. Diane is a huge music lover, and so it seemed appropriate to title them by a song. Um, they had a great love. They still have a great love. And uh, it's a, it, it, was really, it was really beautiful that she shared, shared her story. So uh, I'm sure a lot of you out there in the world at large... Um, have had your own moments of deep grief and are either figuring out now how to climb out of it or are maybe in it or um, have maybe seen it as a long ago experience but carry that remembrance. So this is for all of us who have lost someone dear. And yeah, I just, I really appreciated the fact that Diane was uh, was willing to open up about it all with me and with you guys um, yeah, anyway, the usual stuff, heyhumanpodcast.com. Um, I'm on all the social medias under Hey Human Podcast. You can email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. And please spread the love, spread the episodes around, tell all your friends and all that good stuff. And uh, go review it on iTunes. That would be most wonderful. Um, it really helps to get the word out. The more reviews and things on on the iTunes, the more it gets uh, pushed up in the metrics and all that good computer sciencey technological mumbolo jumbolo stuff that I know nothing about. Okay, enough of that. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Episode, I think we're up to 34. Oh my goodness. Hey, human podcast. Here we go. Hi, Diane. Hello. How are you? Good. Welcome to Hey Human Podcast. Thank you. You are a human. (laughs) I am a human. And this is what we do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you for being on the show. Uh, We are about to talk about something pretty intense, I think. And uh, so you and I have known each other a very long time. Uh, But, you know, we've lost touch over the years here and there. Not for anything other than when you are really, truly friends with someone, you cannot talk for a couple of years and then talk again and it's like five minutes has gone by right so you're one of those friends as far as I'm concerned oh, so yeah you but, as well <laughs> uh, yay um but when you had you and I had texted was it over Thanksgiving maybe I forget yeah just and, before yeah mm-hmm. and you said that it had been a really trying you know couple of years and I had no idea what you were talking about and um and then you had mentioned that your husband had passed away and I knew your husband, Jack, and I was like, what? What the heck? And so I did some Googling, and I was like, oh, my God. 
and so I read the story of it and that's massively intense so Mm -hmm. um anyway you came to visit Nashville here you are in my kitchen yes such as it is and um yeah you said you were cool with talking about it so here we are so why don't you take us back to so he passed away in March of 2015 yeah okay so take us back to March 2015 so, um, I was making a phone call to him, uh, after work, like I always do every single day on my way home, just talking about how our day went mm-hmm. and what our dinner plans were, typical stuff. Typical nine years, 10 years. Of- yeah. We were married almost 10 years and, uh, together about 12. Yeah. And, uh, about five minutes into the conversation, uh, he kind of took the phone a little bit away and was greeting someone who had come in the door at his office. And, uh, then I heard some commotion and I heard some screaming. Did you know who was at the door? Uh, I did. Yep. He had it, mentioned it was a family. It was a family member. His and, family. Not yeah. Own. On his side. And, and he had said his name. So I knew who it was. And then I heard my husband screaming and the phone went dead. Jesus. And I, was driving down the road with, with, I was talking on my Bluetooth. I will say that I was being safe, (laughs) but I was immediately shaking and didn't know what to do. So I pulled over to the first parking lot that I could pull over to and called 911 and told them that, uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on, but that I thought my husband was being attacked or something. And he needed help. So and he, was, he was at his office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, made the call, gave them the address, told them who I thought it was and everything. And then they hang up the phone and you wait. <laughs> and I waited and waited and waited for what seemed like forever. I think it was only maybe 20 minutes, but it felt like an eternity. <laughs> totally. And I actually even called back. 911 a couple times because I, nobody was telling me anything. I wasn't hearing anything and I didn't know what to do and I couldn't drive or anything because I was so freaked out. So, um, I finally got a call from a detective who told me that he was on the way to the hot, they were rushing into the hospital and that I needed to get there right away. So I called my brother to come get me because I, again, like I said, I just couldn't drive or anything. It was too Traumatic. Traumatic, yeah. yeah. And um, my took my brother about 10 minutes to get there. And just when my brother got to me, uh, I got another call from them uh, telling me that he didn't make it. Shit. So sorry. So <clears throat> um, then began this 48 hours of craziness because... Uh, sorry. No, no, <laughs> um, it's okay. Take your time. I, you know... I asked them what had happened and they said he had been shot several times and, um, that the person who did it had run. He was on the run. And they knew who it was because you knew who it was. And I, yep, we knew who it was. And so, um, there began, uh, my brother taking me to the police station because they had to interview me and, (laughs) Definitely not anything you can ever imagine. Do you just leave your body for something like yes. that? Yes. I have repeatedly told people that you 
I absolutely felt like I was having an, a, an entirely out of body experience. Yeah. Like it was not me. It could have, could not have been me. Yeah. The, and, the you, you is looking in, at the person sitting in the chair going, what's happening right now? This isn't real yeah. life. It's very true. That's yeah. That's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> So and, the police were questioning you about, it seems awful. <laughs> it is. Um, but they wanted to just reiterate what had happened and, um, and then also see what I knew about the person who did it, mm-hmm. which uh, to be quite honest with you, I didn't know very much. I really? can't even count on one hand the time I, times I met him, maybe three times. And the last time I had seen him was probably five years. Had he threatened Jack before? Um, I found out after the fact that yes, he had, um, but nobody ever even imagined or thought, you know, that it was anything to be worried about. Um, and that's a whole other part of it too, that to be quite honest with you, I didn't really, um, research or, uh, learn about, even though they told me that because I just didn't feel like it would help me to know any of that. Sure. (laughs) Um, I knew what happened and. That was that. That was all I needed to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was enough for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But did the um, interview in the police station, and um, and then my one of my family members came and picked me up, and I stayed with them overnight. Um, didn't sleep. I actually didn't sleep for about three weeks straight. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you know, then comes this whole thing. Like you don't think about the things that you're going to have to do when something like this happens. So I was being repeatedly called by the detective with questions as they were trying to do their investigation throughout and trying to find the killer mm-hmm. throughout the night. And Had he run far. Yes. He ran two States away actually. So they didn't find him. It happened on Thursday evening and they found him Saturday. Mm-hmm. So not quite 48 hours, but pretty close. It's impressive. They caught him that fast. Yeah. Um, it's very imperative those hours from what I hear to, you know, sure to find someone. Um, and thankfully it was a tip that oh. found him because that's the other thing when something this, uh, traumatic or this major happens, it was all over the news. So mm-hmm. I was frantically trying to get a hold of the closest people that I knew right away to tell them what was happening because I didn't want them to find out on the news. Yeah. And it's, it makes you just want to hide because then you're, well, then the news wants to talk to you yep. probably, which mm-hmm. Seemed incredibly disrespectful. Yeah, and actually, I was told immediately um, that it would be good to get off any social media and get my husband off social media, which I did. I got all of our accounts closed right away. And believe it or not, they still found my sister. A news station contacted my sister, and she very politely declined any any attempt to talk to them, which I was grateful for. But I had to tell everyone I knew to not post anything. Don't talk about it. Because it's a murder investigation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not... Mm-hmm. It's always horrible when somebody, you know, passes away, but there's this other element to it. Mm-hmm. It changes everything. You can't do the the general... You know, people always post, so rest in peace, you know, little Timmy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a way of grieving, I think, in a social media-driven society. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's the, the level of change change up for a murder investigation is, right yeah and it's did, did you feel unsafe were you i did yeah did I, you get protection or did they 
Uh, you know, they. I was basically just told to go somewhere where I felt safe. And if for any reason I didn't, or if I felt like I needed a new place to go to let them know, you know, um, but like I said, I didn't really know his family member all that well, and he didn't know me. So he didn't know any of my family or anything like that. His so, issue was with Jack. Yeah. 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 And not me or. Yeah. So and by the way, Jack is truly one of the sweetest people I've ever met. I mean, he was, he was one of, uh, those folks who, when you meet them, they're, they're kind of cherubic, even though he's in large, you know, very tall, <laughs> but he had that cherubness to him, that sort of sweet, angelic little boy trapped mm-hmm. in a giant man's body. <laughs> he often was called the gentle giant yeah. by people yeah. he knew. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine anyone wanting to hurt him, but yeah. mental illness and all that, that's, it's just a whole nother level mm-hmm. again. So. Yeah, but I had a lot of uh, jumpiness, even the smallest noises. Like PTSD. Oh, Did you big hear the time. gunshots on when you were on the phone? No, no, I didn't. I mean, I heard commotion, but I didn't know that's what it was. Well, there's small mercy in that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting because for me, I think everybody tells me that they were glad that he had his last moments with me. On the phone with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also a curse. Yeah. That I had those last moments because yes. I won't ever forget it. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad, too, that it happened the way it did because maybe if I wasn't on the phone with him, we wouldn't have known right away who it was and that it would have been even hard, more difficult to figure out. Absolutely. Who the heck did it. Right. So. Absolutely. Well, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> Do you... I, I guess we never really talked about mm-hmm. that kind of thing in our friendship over the years, but um, pre this, this, did you have a faith in, in something bigger than yourself? I would say I am. I am spiritual. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would say I'm very religious, but sure. I do believe in a universal life force. Did um, that change at all after the event? I will say that my faith was tested <laughs> a couple of times, like. There were days when I was just like, really, you know, um, he's, he would, like you said, he was a very, very good person. Jack. Yeah. And I try and be a very, very good person. And you think, why do you take the good ones? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but people, it's like that people take the good ones. Exactly. Yeah. But you just, you, I mean, at least for me, I had just days where I kind of broke down my, (laughs) my walls a little bit on what I believed. Um, but I, it didn't completely take it away. It's just there's days when you're dealing with it and it's a lot harder and you think, how'd you come why? to terms with it? Um, if you have, you may not have yet. I mean. You know, um, one of the things, and it's odd to say this, but over our marriage and relationship, there were a couple of times where we would talk about, okay, heaven forbid something happens to one of us. What will we do? And, you know, because you have to talk about that stuff. And um, we always said, you know, that we didn't want either one of us to go down. We didn't want either one of us to lose faith, to become a, a distant or negative person. An empty shell. Right. Right. Which and, I think is a natural response to right. something so traumatic and tragic. Mm-hmm. And, and I just know, and a lot of his friends and family told me, you know, he would not want you to crawl in a hole and 
yeah. disappear, even though there were days I might want to, might have wanted to do that. Yeah. I mean, um, may, and you, I'm sure you did on yeah. some occasions. Yeah. Yeah. But he also, he's in my head and in my heart all the time saying, you're not going down. Okay. Yeah. You can have this day that maybe you're feeling extra cruddy, but yeah. you're not going to go down. You're just not, not on, not on my watch, you know, that kind of thing. So I just, I have faith in that. Totally. Yeah. Did you, um, so a couple days have gone by, what, did you get the phone call that they found? Yeah, they the called me actually <clears throat> when they were, when they found him and, um, yeah, it was, uh, I remember that moment. I was actually in my sister's living room. We were about to have a dinner and I yelled, I said, can I tell everyone? Cause I was talking to the police and I didn't know what I could say. And they said, yeah, you can tell them. I said, they found him. And everybody was just like... Were you relieved or more scared at that point? Um, I, you know, I don't think that the PTSD really went away right away. I still had fear no matter what. But it was just, I was glad that at least they had him in their possession. And Did he confess right away? Yeah, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He couldn't really not. I mean, there <laughs> was... Me. There was so much evidence proving it, yeah. other than himself, that it, he couldn't have lied about it. <laughs> so. Did you go to the trial? There was no trial. No trial? No. Is so, that common? Um, you know, that I don't know, actually. Maybe because he confessed it was more of just mm-hmm. straight into the sentencing part? Yeah. I don't know really how that works. Well, the way that I understood it was because it was such an overwhelming um case of, against him yeah, yeah that his defense attorney was basically trying to you know convince him hey you need to go ahead and just plead guilty and then we can try and get you the least sentence that you can get which I know sounds crazy but um it went through a many many I, I don't even know how many um Oh my gosh, and I can't remember the, what the word is now. I feel badly that I can't think of this. But anyway, they have kind of these hearings. And arraignments? That? Yeah, well, there that? was an arraignment, and then there was like all these hearings after that. The where, sentencing hearings? Or yeah, what? and they yeah. kind of go in, and, and every single time it would get like, ah. no, okay, we're not ready, or, oh, no, we need to do more research on this. or we, For what? That's the thing. I mean, they can basically figure out ways to stall things. Um, but was he in jail during that entire mm-hmm. process? Yes. But not prison? Because I no. imagine for murder, you go to prison. Right. No. So he was in jail for that whole time, which was from March of 2015, well, March, April of 2015 until June of 2016. Oh my goodness. I know. Yeah. It took that long? It uh, It takes very long. And actually, I was told I was lucky that some of these things can go on for years and years. And they just sit in jail waiting. Wow. Even with that much overwhelming evidence. Mm -hmm. I know. It's a very unfair... You must have a very good defense lawyer. Yeah. It's a very, very unfair thing, but they have to be so careful because if they don't let the perpetrator, as it were, Mm -hmm. um, speak their mind or go through all the evidence completely cleanly and everything, then... Things. You could get off on a technicality. Exactly. So as hard as it was for me to keep getting the calls that it was going to be postponed, uh, you know, in the end it was good anyway because, yeah. you know. What did he get sentenced to? Well, he got the maximum, which 
in the particular state we were in, and this is completely crazy for a murder, <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was a first-time murder, it's 26 and a half years. Wow. How do they come up with that? I have no clue, but Does I... He, is that with or without parole? Without. He will not. Well, that's something. And thankfully, he is of an age where I don't think he will live out his sentence anyway. Yeah. So... How do you feel about that? Um, well, I, I mean, obviously, I think for me, I think that the sentence amount is so minimal for what he did. Sure. I feel like it should be 26 billion times, 26 and a half years. Of course. It should be life for me. I I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, but, one life for another. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange system. I mm-hmm. don't know how they figure it all out. Right. Um. So he wasn't, is the state... The state, does it have the death penalty? No. No. If they, if it did, do you think he would have wanted that? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's a complicated question. It is. It's, it's a complicated, very complicated. <laughs> complicated answer, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I mean, I think about these things. Having, I'm trying to think if I know anybody else who has been murdered and I mean I, nobody comes to mind um, before Jack so but I do think about these things um, like how I feel about the death penalty and and what it all means and knowing that technically it doesn't work you know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't stop people from doing what they do mm-hmm. and then it ends up costing because they appeal and all that but mm-hmm. I also know there are people on death row that shouldn't be there they didn't commit the crime mm-hmm. you know it's obviously there's a strata of issue but then I think God if somebody took somebody from me would my sense of vengeance rear up mm-hmm. like a biblical vengeance mm-hmm. it's a very complicated emotional Thing. We've now created a drinking game where every time I say complicated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cheers. <laughs> I've noticed I'm repeating myself on this one, but yeah, it's, oh, man, trying to wrap my head around it all. I can't, I cannot imagine how you wrap your head around any of it. Mm-hmm. Even now, and it's been nearly two years, mm-hmm. do, do you have those moments where you think, oh, I'm just going to see Jack you know, later today, he's going to walk through the door, or have you, have you reached that threshold where you know it's not going to be that? No, I know, yeah, I know, I know it's not going to be that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was such a final thing that happened that... Mm-hmm. That you bore witness to? That, yeah, that I was a witness to. That and, might have made the difference, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I... What do you think if Jack could say? What do you think he would say about the person that killed him? What do you think? Do you think he would? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't really, I don't know. I don't think I could. I always wonder about things like that. Like if you believe in something bigger than yourself, and it's something I think about all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and I do believe that. Um, and I pray and I, you know, all that again, I'm, I'm like you, I'm not religious. I, I read a lot of religion. Mm-hmm. I find it fascinating, right. but I'm spiritual and I have a deep respect for the universe and for my fellow man and, mm-hmm. and woman. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's all connected and I think we all come from the source of 
uh, you know, this ultimate source. I don't know what it is. I can't mm-hmm. name it, but I don't think it needs to be named. Right. Um, and, and in all that, you know, if a lot of things I read um, talk about, you know, what if we've chosen every every path that we, every step, although we get doorways to walk through and then here we'll walk through this door and over here we walk through this door and there's an infinite number of doors. So is there some, some doorway where in that moment there was an agreement between Jack and the man who took his life? doesn't make it any easier Mm-mm. but it makes it makes me think deeply into these possibilities mm-hmm. and you had said to me yesterday that um you've learned a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> so what have you learned um well just for the for the process itself um you know obviously i never imagined being a widow <laughs> it's a big word widow yeah it is a big word, actually. It it's, calls to mind, you know, a little old lady with a stick and a right. shawl. And, you know, here you are right. saying before me, young and vibrant. and Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the first lesson I had was, uh, and I think we were talking about this last night, when, you know, it was just the next, well, actually that same Saturday, uh, I went to the, just two days after he passed away, I'd gone to the church that we were going to have his service at and um the pastor talking to me about the um events that would happen and how everything would go and that one of the things he wanted to make sure he pointed out to me was after the service was over and we go into the reception area and there's people wanting to talk to you that people might say something really stupid or something that is maybe not really quite respectful, but it's not that they're trying to be mean or they're trying to, to be that way. It's just that they absolutely don't know what to say and that a lot of people might not even contact you for a while or whatnot. And it's not because they don't want to, it's just because they are scared. Death is <laughs> so, a complicated emotion. Mm-hmm. And like, especially with something like this. So traumatic. So I was, I was, even though I, I know in my heart, I would be very um, accommodating to those people anyway. It was just good for him to say that because I had it in my head. Okay. If anybody says anything, it's totally fine. I understand. Wow. That was <laughs> um, good of, of him to have that conversation with mm-hmm. you. He was great. He was amazing. Actually. Um, after we did the initial meeting, uh, I ended up going back to him a couple days later so that we could just talk about Jack and his life and our life together and everything. And he captured it so well in the service even people that came, I got messages from them for weeks after saying... Captured Jack? Yeah, yeah. Just, they couldn't believe how it was like he, he knew him for all his life. Hmm. So that was really great. <laughs> how old was Jack when he passed? 42. So young. Very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole life ahead. Yeah. But then you also get this uh, other unfortunate side, like... Uh, just having to deal with the matters that come with being married and having a house and having... What did you do? How did you deal with all that? And a business? You had a business yep. together mm-hmm. and yep. properties and... Mm-hmm. So it was just a lot of, you know, um, I highly recommend to people, if you can do it, um, to get any professionals to help you that you can because you can't go it alone. 
You mean like therapy? Is that yeah, mean, or, or um, attorneys or banks, whatever you need. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, and to make you know find good people to help you with that stuff. Accept help. <laughs> did Jack because, have a will? Uh, no, he did not. Does that make it more complicated? Very much. Yes. And now I tell everybody I know. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Yeah. If you don't have one. Yeah. I've get, had a few friends pass one. away recently, and it's a it's a not so subtle reminder that probably a good idea to get a will together yes and I now have one myself how did you do it was it a kit online or no no actually I I have a really good attorney and um he actually gave me like this um like a packet with information in it that I needed to provide so I basically did all of the legwork Uh and then he just put it together and I had to go in and notarize you know how to notarize and all that but I mean, it was not as bad as I was making it up to be in my head. <laughs> um, I was dragging my feet doing to do it for a long time. Again, but... death is a complicated emotion mm-hmm. to, to fa- or you know, a situation to face. So to, to make a will when you feel fine mm-hmm. it seems defeatist, mm-hmm. I think, in a way. But it's I a think necessary evil. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I think especially too with like, I have family members who have kids, and I'm like, oh, you guys need to. Mm. When you have kids, mm-hmm. the whole air ball of wax. We did not have children, which I don't know if is a blessing or a curse in this situation, but um, it definitely, you know, made the process a little bit easier. I think, at least on a legal standpoint. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely get a will and just do it, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I can say. But I think the most difficult part of the whole thing was our home because. That was our home. That was where we lived for 10 years. And we had all these great memories there. And I didn't go back for a week. I had to go back there the day before the funeral uh, because the pastor had asked me if I wanted to have anything up there in the church that represented Jack. And I did. The only way I was going to get it was going back to the house. And I, for some reason, I had people offer to do it for me. And I just said, no, I this is something I have to do. Now, I did have a very, very dear friend come with me. Um, but it took me 25 minutes to go to even go from the car to the, the door mm-hmm. when I got there. It was really hard. That was probably the hardest moment of that whole week. Yeah. And I cried so hard when I opened that door. I, I haven't cried that hard in a really long time. I mean, mm-hmm. it was... Because I walk in and his dish from the night before from dinner was on the counter and his shoes were by the door and, you know. All the things that make him, mm-hmm. little the little inconsequential mm-hmm. that make somebody consequent. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was really hard and I remember basically running up, because what I needed to get, of course, was in our bedroom. So that's a whole other, it's a very intimate space. And yeah. I, had to, I had to go in his closet and... It was hard. It was really hard. Did you end up selling the house? I did. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, it was too big anyway, but I just, I couldn't stay there. I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, and it took me another few weeks, even after the funeral and everything, to even go back there and start deciding what I was going to do and yeah, get things packed. And Yeah. Did you do that alone? Um, I didn't the first few times I went. I brought friends with me who were graciously, you know, helping me out. Sure. Um but there were a couple times I wanted to go myself. Yeah. It was just something I needed to do. <laughs> yeah. So. Have, um, you, have you seen him? Does he come to you in dreams or in the doorways or, you know? You know what's funny? So he has not come to me um, in a dream or um, 
you know, I haven't seen him per se, but he's definitely made his presence known uh, several times. Um, one example was when we were going to, myself and his mother, we were going to pick out his plot at the cemetery. And it was a cemetery in an area where he grew up that I didn't really, I wasn't very familiar with. And one of the pet peeves <laughs> of mine is in my car, I have GPS system, but I don't like her voice. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So I've, I had gone in and turned her voice off. And every time Jack drove with me somewhere in my car and we had to use the GPS, he'd be like, why isn't she talking? I'm like, well, because I don't like her voice. Well, how do you know where you're going? Well, I look at the screen, you know. So I hadn't had it on for a really long time. And you have to literally go in and change the settings in order to make it go off. <laughs> and I was going to the cemetery and I was a little lost and the very last turn before the cemetery, her voice came on and told me where to go. Oh man. Yeah. And I literally looked up to the sky and said, seriously, Jack, like really? <laughs> oh, like that was great. totally a jab. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, Absolutely. he knew I needed help and he, <laughs> he made it known. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so I love uh, stories like that. Mm -hmm. And I believe them with every ounce of my being. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, I had another one not too long after that. It was at the anniversary of the day we got engaged. And one of my friends called and said, do you want to do anything? Because it, it was one of the firsts, you know. Um, I said, yeah, actually, you know what? I would like to have a glass of champagne tonight and celebrate that. So we went into this wine bar and, um, you know, decided we were going to have champagne at, you know, 8 o'clock or whatever. We, we picked a time and everything. And they had like a Sirius XM radio or something playing overhead. And right at the time that she and I clinked our glasses to take a sip, his very, very favorite song came on the... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? And she, we both looked at each other because she knew that was his favorite song as well. What's and the song? It's um, the Hawaiian singer version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's sort of a random tune. Too. I know. Yeah. It's very random. Wow. Yeah. So it was just like... <laughs> crazy that it happened to come on right then. So, so I, you said it was one of the first. Explain what you mean by that. So the year first, I call it. Um, the first uh, birthday, anniversary, um, anything like that that's within the first year. Are, they can be good and they can be sad. Uh, I tried to make them happy because I think Jack would appreciate that. Um, Try to do things that we would have done if he were here. What'd you do for his birthday? <laughs> um, we had a pizza party, actually. Really? Yeah, because it was a weekday, and um, he was a huge, huge football fan, and there was a football game on TV, and I knew that if he were here, he would not have wanted to go out and celebrate. He would have wanted to be at home, order pizza, and watch that football game, and so that's what we did. My friends and I had a pizza party, <laughs> a pizza great. football party. I love it. <laughs> and it was really fun. <laughs> What'd you do on the anniversary of, of his death? I went to the ocean. I went to the beach. Mm. I took a friend with me. I relaxed for the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just because that was his favorite place to go. So, mm. so you're honoring yeah. him all the time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Do you think it'll be difficult to date again sometime, someday? Um, you know, it's it, it's really interesting. I I wasn't really sure about that. Um, but I think that I, I I think maybe I will at some point. Um, you know, again, I'm uh, my heart is more open now than it was before. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm also fine the way I am right now. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm concerned. Um, yeah. But I feel like if the right situation occurred, then, you know, who mm-hmm. knows? Because <laughs> yeah, I know he would never want me to be alone. Um, you know, and I'd probably be fine if I was, if, I, if I'm if i fine with it, but... Maybe he'll help you meet somebody. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. When... Yeah, because I met him through such a dear friend of mine, mm-hmm. and there's... I think there's kind of some kind of safety and security in that, you know, with the way some other dating options are right now. It's really, it can be really scary. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a feeling if it ever happens again, I will meet someone through someone I know really well who knows the person and knows me, (laughs) you know. So I noticed you're not wearing your ring. So was that one of those moments that of self-awareness where... Yeah, um, you know, part of it for me was I just, it was harder for me to uh, be in situations where people didn't know what happened with me and ask me about him or even strangers, oh, you're married, but you know, what does your husband do and da da da, and Mm. well, actually no, you know, so rather than lying about it or trying to cover it up, I just felt the need to not have that reminder or that signal to people yeah it was just easier for me sure um but i do have his ring and my ring on a necklace that i wear occasionally mm-hmm. so that for me is better because then i have you know it's next to your heart yeah it's yeah. next to my heart yeah that's lovely so hmm. but i i'm just all of it so hard to comprehend and i know mm-hmm. so many people have had the exact same experience as you have Maybe it was their wife, you know, husband and a wife or a brother and a sister or whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's just so traumatic to have someone. It's always traumatic to lose Mm -hmm. someone, Mm -hmm. granted. But, you know, there's a... If somebody is sick or something for a long time, and then you have time to prepare and understand it, wrap your head around it, unless maybe it's a child. And then Mm -hmm. I suppose it probably never feels like Mm -hmm. you're ready. But to have someone plucked. Yeah. Like that, you know. Where yeah. where are you going forward? Where um, do you go to therapy and stuff? I do. I you know, and I haven't gone as often lately because uh, I'm kind of going now more so when I feel like I really need it. Um, but I actually started going to a therapist three weeks to the day after he passed away because mm-hmm. I felt like for me I really needed to get on that right away. Um, as hard as it was, I really wanted to, um, is it like it is in the movies where people are in a circle? And, well, know? no, so this was an individual therapist oh, okay. and I actually, um, just to, to give the idea out here, I actually went on psychology today, mm. which happens to have a search for a therapist. They have a link. very good website for yeah, that. Yeah. It's really good. And yeah. you can search by your location and even like your insurance or whatever it is you need to mm-hmm. search by. And I actually went to three different therapists mm. to pick the one that I liked. Good for you. Um, I feel like that's important. I do too. And so many people don't do it. And then mm-hmm. they feel beholden to whomever the first person they walk through the door to. And Yeah. And honestly, both It's like of, dating, right? Yeah, you're it therapist. is. therapist. like yeah. dating. <laughs> well, and if you're going to share something so vulnerable, mm. um, it's important that you're comfortable with them. And honestly, the two that I did not pick, I was honest with them. And I just said, you know what? I think you're great, but this is you know, just not for me. And they were completely fine with that. They are 
just as understanding about it. Yeah. You know, so I really don't feel like you have to go to just one person and stay with them just because you feel bad or, you know, I agree. Um, but I did also go to a group therapy and it was recommended to me through one of the people in the criminal justice system that I was working with. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, strictly for people who have suffered, uh, loss very tragically. So for example, it was all people who either lost someone through murder mm-hmm. or suicide or, uh, tragic accidents, that kind of thing. Very sudden. What was um, the, the big defining difference between the, the singular therapy and the group? Did you, did you find that hearing other people's stories really helped you to get through your own? Immensely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and one of the biggest things was, even though our stories weren't the same, Um, they were all still very tragic and, uh, we could kind of understand the weight of what we were going through. And, and it, for me, I was like, wow, I felt like, like we were talking about earlier. Like you feel like you're in in this out of body experience. You feel like an alien, you walk around and you feel like people are looking at you, even though they don't know what's going on and you're totally out of place. And with a group of people like this, who has gone through something so tragic, you kind of get a kinship right off the bat. Um, we actually became, all of us became very close within just a couple of sessions. And we were, we had 10 sessions we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still talk to anybody? I do. Mm-hmm. You do? We still keep in touch. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, because we know all of our anniversary dates and things like that. So sometimes we'll get in touch with each other on those days. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so helpful. I mean, it was definitely hard. Uh, The first, I remember the first session, I got home and I would, I actually felt like I probably should have had someone pick me up and take me home. Like surgery or something. (sighs) Yeah. I was exhausted, like beyond anything I can explain. And even the next day, just completely mentally thrashed. (laughs) Yeah. Did, did you feel a big difference between day one and the 10th session? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I highly recommend. And I, I have discovered now, unfortunately, I had another friend who went through a situation where her husband uh, committed suicide and in a different state. And she contacted me and said, you did this thing, you know. Do you think they have anything like that here? And I've learned through research that there are resources like that everywhere. everywhere. So I obviously wasn't, didn't know be, until it happened to me that that was the case, but yeah, you know, if, if you need the help, it is there. So did you feel, I think pain is a, is one of those things that people, when you're faced with it, they deal with it in so many different ways. Some mm-hmm. people medicate, some mm-hmm. people sleep all day. Some people start running marathons. You know. Right. <laughs> some people, you know, take drugs. Whatever it is. Um, what was, what was your salve in the beginning, and what is it now when things like that come up, or did you have one? Or. Um. Well, you know what I. So I moved in with a very dear friend of mine. I should say friends. Um, a friend of mine and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and it was amazing because they have a really good family, and everybody was so welcoming and. They were also really good at, at figuring out the days that I just needed to be left alone in my room and that it wasn't anything against them. I just needed my time. Yeah. But also whenever I wanted to get involved and 
be at dinners or go out or do whatever, that was fine too. Um, so I think I just tried to keep myself, you know, busy and doing things. And But obviously I had a lot going on anyway because I was still working a full-time job. Which I can't even... And dealing with a criminal case and dealing with selling a house. How did you all do these all that things. stuff? Is I, that maybe that was yourself then? I think so. So busy. I think so because yeah. I it was literally t- um, my therapist and I equated it to basically working three full time jobs at one time because that's how much was going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that was probably that way for about a year. Yeah. That I really had. Did that exhaust you? Yeah. It's yeah. So when you hit a wall, would it? Did you just say, screw jobs, screw everything? Yeah, yeah. take a day, uh, sleep, uh, yeah. or go walk. or. But now you're on a hiatus from... From working, yeah. 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 How's that going? Good. <laughs> I'm like more relaxed than I've been in a long time. Yeah. I think I really needed it, actually. Yeah. So... I imagine. Um, because I only took like two weeks off when it first happened, which I know sounds crazy, but I... I needed my job. I, I needed to go to something where every day I knew what I was doing and I knew what the outcome was going to be. And yeah, it wasn't going to be this crazy roller coaster of other things going on. So for me, that was therapeutic in itself to have that. Yeah. Has a Jack's killer reached out to you in any way? Has no. there been any kind of uh, forgive me situation or no. anything like that? No, not at all. Hmm. Do you think there's that he has? He's is he mentally ill? Is that? You I know, mean, I'm sure it's a complicated drink. Yeah, right. <laughs> drink again. Everybody. There's that word. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to me, obviously, he must be to do something this crazy. Uh, but I don't know the specifics. I, you know, I haven't asked a doctor. Or, you know, yeah, you're just not even going. There. Yeah, I don't really talk about him I don't think about him I don't it's just not worth it for me yeah what's done is done I can't change that so yeah it doesn't make it healthy for me to think about those things that makes sense so what now how do you where do you go from here well I you know I'm gonna enjoy this sabbatical I'm trying to do a little bit of traveling and then Mm -hmm. you know I have to decide what I'm gonna do for my career, I think I'm ready to make a change there. I don't know what yet. <laughs> um, and then just kind of need to figure out my living situation because I haven't... Because um, you sold your house. Yeah, I sold my house and I've been living with people since then. So uh, back to living on my own again is going to be interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm ready for it too. Like it gets a point when you have that many people in a house and everything and you're kind of ready to be by yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I won't say I'm not a little nervous about it because. What are you nervous for? I mean, what are you about? Just. For? It's going to be another thing that I've got to do on my own, and yeah, you know, have had to do a lot of that in the last almost two years. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. You, do you think yeah. you're ready? I I do think so. I mean, and if not, I feel like maybe one roommate would be okay <laughs> or maybe a dog, a dog. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Say dog. You know, a cat, something yeah. like that would be fine. Yeah. You know, um, but I've just, uh, I've repeatedly told people that I don't use the word someday anymore mm. because, uh, we used to say someday we'll do this and someday we'll do that. You injected. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it, it never happened. Mm hmm. That, that just didn't happen. Someday so. never arrives. No, it never does. So 
I've kind of been, I will say, I think I've done not huge things, but I've been very spontaneous, more spontaneous than I ever have in my entire life. I've probably done more in the last two years than maybe five years before that, you know, just because I get the will to do something and I'm just doing it if I can. Yeah. Because why wait? I'm sure Jack would smile on that. (laughs) Yeah, I think he would. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. So what a, what a, you, you're, I know that you've been looking around at various states, different states to move to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a new fresh start. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit, I mean, I, I feel like I want to do something new, but I'm also a little bit hesitant because I have, um, young family members now, new family members that I, I just adore and yeah. yeah, and I'm, I love being an aunt, so yeah, it's like I if I pick something, it probably won't be that far, sure. <laughs> far yeah. enough that I'm away. But maybe a state over, yeah, a couple states over, yeah, where I have the ability to drive in a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, do you? What would be your advice to somebody like you who is maybe just now starting to go through the process of they've just lost the person and they're where you were? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, I. I know for a fact that no matter who it is or what happened to them, I will never be able to put myself in their shoes. Yeah. I know that now. I'm What do you mean you know that now? Did you think that beforehand well, or I think maybe in some form I did know that, but I don't think you really understand the the depth of that until it happens to you and you realize that mm-hmm. there's just no way that people could actually fully completely understand how exactly how you're dealing with what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Every experience unique. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. And that makes sense. you might be able to understand the weight of it or the, you know, the tragedy of it or whatever, but you just don't feel the same thing. There's no way to do that. Um, but I would just say, you know, take help if people offer it. Um, and get yourself help if you feel like that might be a good thing. It's scary to do, but it's, I know I can only speak for myself that it was immensely helpful, especially to do it as soon as possible. What were you most scared of when you went into therapy? Was it yourself or was it other people hearing your story or? Uh, well just, it's just releasing a lot of really strong feelings. Oh, that's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it, it's not that I didn't want to do it. I did, but it was just a little bit daunting to go in and all of a sudden here's this perfect stranger. Now, the only comfort in that is that, you know, you're in this room with them and what's there stays in that room and yeah, and they're also not somebody you know. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like talking to your mom or your brother or sure your best friend about it. You almost feel like a little more willing to say more. And they have the skills, the tools to help you. To pull it out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, give you guidance. Mm -hmm. I I think therapy is awesome. I do too. And I think it's something to do all the time, not just when something like this happens. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I read in a relationship book once that a lot of times couples, you know, they wait until the relationship is breaking down to go seek out help. And in fact, the best thing that could be done is before you need help, as you're mm-hmm. learning the tools and learning each other and the communication styles and all that is to go, right? you know, so you have a foundation. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, 
someday if I ever have somebody. Heaven forbid, yeah. I definitely wouldn't obviously wouldn't wish this on anybody and um oh, hope, gosh, hope that no. nobody ever has to of course deal with what I'm what I have dealt with. But I I guess the the blessing yeah. in it is that hopefully I can help people by what you I'm saying. You seem extraordinarily together, <laughs> given that it's only been two years. This is a testament to your strength. Yeah, you sure. know, I, I feel like um, I'm strong because I had to be. I didn't have a choice in my mind. Mm. I really didn't. So, Was that part Jack saying to you, you know, keep going, keep yeah. going? Well, and he was always the one, um, I definitely wasn't always this strong of a person and he was always the one that was trying to get me to be stronger in any situation. Mm. He was the one who would say, no, rip that bandaid off, do it or whatever it may be. And so I think I just needed a couple mm. extra helpings of that when this happened Yeah, <laughs> and I took it and ran with it. So, yeah. um, well, but I also, uh, part of it was my family. Like I said, I have a lot of young family members that adored Jack and really felt the loss. And I wanted to be strong for them and wanted them to know that he would never want them to go down. He wouldn't want them to um, be jaded by the by what happened. He mm -hmm. wants that. I know he would want them all to become good people mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and just, you know... Um, good positive people. So yeah. I talked to them about that after it happened and, and yeah. you know, he would really, really want you guys to keep doing as well as you are now yeah. <laughs> and even better. <laughs> were they, were they guided by that? Do you feel or? I think so. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I know my, one of my nieces was mm. in particular because yeah. it, it, you know, I asked their mother, you know, can I talk to them about this? Have you talked to them? What, how do we, you know, that was the weirdest thing. Like, how do you talk to children about something like this? Yeah. In some ways, children are far more wise than, <laughs> yes. than we are. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. It's true. It's, everything is very truthful for, mm -hmm. for them. Oh, like, unless, of course, they took a cookie out of the cookie jar. You know? Right. <laughs> they, they have right. their way of lying. But you know right. what I mean by that, that emotions mm -hmm. for them are very pure. Mm -hmm. So... In a way, I would think it would almost be easier to comprehend death with a child than it would be with an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there were some people actually that, um, unfortunately, I didn't know how to get a hold of them. Even with all of the resources online that we have today, and I, I will say I'm like a self-proclaimed detective when it comes to finding things. I There were some people I just couldn't find, um, you know, because most people have like a cell phone as their phone number now and they're not listed or whatnot. And a you mean couple, friends or family of yeah, Jack? Or, yeah, yeah, really, and really close. Mm -hmm. And a couple of them I didn't get hold of until months later. Mm -hmm. And having to call them and talk to them and them not knowing mm -hmm. was really hard. Yeah, because you'd have to relive the emotion mm -hmm. every time. Mm -hmm. Ugh, that's awful. Yeah, but I, I felt so much better when I got a hold of them and was able to tell them because it was lingering in my head. Like, ugh. every couple of few weeks or so, I would try again to find them and... Mm -hmm you know, end up with a dead end. So yeah. Wow. I think now everyone that I could possibly think of was, has been contacted, but, um, yeah. yeah, it was, there was a couple there that was really heartbreaking to have to talk to them and that much longer after. Yeah. You know, Man, tough, tough stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. I'm, I'm trying to think of <laughs> something to ask that doesn't sound stupid or, you know, I mean, again, from my seat looking at you, I think, wow, you're, you're so together and so strong. And I'm, I'm sure it was a journey to get there. And it's not like it's a constant, I'm sure, mm-hmm. either. No. You know, you still probably have days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, yeah. I really appreciate you talking about this. Yeah, no. Thank you. So I know you haven't really been very vocal outwardly <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, no. It's... Were you nervous to talk about it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, because it's just, you know, it's not the prettiest story in the world. Yeah. Um, but but you found beauty in it in places, mm-hmm. it sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yeah, which is a great honor to yeah. Jack, for sure. Yeah, and he actually, um, because of organ donation, mm. he actually helped someone. He did? Uh, yeah, and that was a whole other thing. The very night that he passed away, I had to talk to the medical examiner's office, and they ask you all these questions about the person because they're going to do the organ donation, they need to know certain information. Makes sense. Which, yeah, and it was an hour long on the phone. It was a hundred questions I had to answer. Were you able to answer two them o'clock all? in the Did morning? You know? Most of them. And yeah. here you are again, out of body. Oh gosh. Yeah. I just, it's, yeah. It's it was crazy, but I got a letter about a month later from the um, portion of the organ donation company or people that uh, handle the eyes. Mm. and that uh, his corneas had helped a 28-year-old woman to be able to see again. Oh, that makes me want to cry. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing. And I remember actually calling his mother and telling her, and that was a really beautiful moment. (laughs) So Jack still gets to see the world. Exactly, yeah. That's lovely. And I, at first, they asked me if I wanted to meet the person or... Yeah. Even write them a letter or something like that. And it was just too soon for me. Sure. But there have been times now when I've thought maybe I might. <laughs> Do you think you will? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really to look them in the eyes, essentially, would be. To look Jack in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In every literal sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But it's amazing that they were able to do that and that someone was able to benefit so much from it. Yeah. It, it made that. It's incredible. So amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a legacy. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. So thank you. Yeah. Thank I love you. you. <laughs> love you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Diane. Jack. Here's to you. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Bye everybody.